0: And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the BoochCast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the BoochCast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and... And anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently after being hospitalized he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control however there is a solution ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery there is so much hope for his life there is so much joy left for ronnie to spread And there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many. And also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay" forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our BoochCast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because... I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a co worker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Booch Cast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself am not willing to donate to. So go to gofundme.com slash saving Ron's life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. (laughs) i <laughs> i What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Boochcast. This week's episode is entitled, I've Been to Hell in a Cell and Back. And I have chosen this title for two reasons. One, because the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view took place last night. And two, because I literally feel like I've been to hell and back. This has been one of the craziest times that I've had, and a lot of shit has gone down. And since I'm pretty much writing solo on this, since uh, my uh, good friend Elvis Delinsky is on vacation again, and also because since it's Father's Day, technically, he would not be available to do this podcast anyway because he's spending the day with his daughter. You know, it's on Father's Day you kind of let the fathers do their own thing and since Elvis Delinsky and Desmond Dagenhart are the main fathers on this show naturally they would be spending the day with their kids so I can't really be too upset about that however I do have to put my AEW correspondence on blast for a moment and just so you know because of the time that I'm recording this podcast, it is going to be unedited, just like TakeOver uh, In Your House was. I am not editing any of this. The only editing I am doing is putting in the music. I am putting in the promo for the GoFundMe page to save Ron's life. So I hope that you guys uh, listen to that at the beginning of this show. Uh, we, we still have the GoFundMe page going. To uh, raise the money for uh, surgery that can save the life of Ronnie Gossett. And also the promo for Anchor that shows up at the beginning of the show as well. So those are obviously in there. And of course the outro song that we have, you know. Goodbye to when we meet again. All that shit is going to be edited in the show. But as far as trimming audio or trimming fat, there's no trimming of the fat on the show this week. Any dead air that's there is there. Any burps, any farts, any coughs, they will all be in this episode if they are to occur because it is way too late and I am way too stressed to do any editing right now. So, fuck it. This is what you're getting. Now, back to the correspondence. As you know, over the last several weeks, you have not seen or listened to any AEW recaps. In fact... The last real AEW recap to show up was the recap of Double or Nothing, which, of course, I did by myself. Now, what really bothers me about this, like I said, I'm going to put them on blast, is the fact that when we came back from our vacation, you know, we we took off for the winter, we finally were ready to come back, we chose WrestleMania to be the time that we came back. During that time... We were coming out with a brand new format. And the reason we were changing the format is because of constant discussions that I was having with Elvis Delinsky, my part one co-host. Because Elvis and I butted heads constantly on the content and how the content gets distributed. Because I used to put everything out on Monday. Whatever happened last week would come out on Monday for you guys to enjoy. And Elvis would whine and bitch and moan and complain about how, Vinny, we're putting it out too late, man. We got to put these out as soon as possible. You got to record it, you got to drop it, and you got to put it out there. Because if it's out, because otherwise, people will get the content somewhere else and won't want to tune in here. Which I thought was bullshit because I'm like, look, Elvis, it's not just about what happened On the previous show or pay-per-view. People tune in because they want to hear our thoughts on the pay-per-view. So whether I put it out a week from now, or two weeks from now, or a couple days from now, doesn't really matter to our fans, I believe. Now if I'm wrong, please tell me I'm wrong. Please message me on Facebook, Twitter, all that. Tell me I'm full of shit, and Elvis is right, and I'll... Come on here and make an apology. But as far as I know, you guys want to hear what we think. That's why you come on this show. It's not just because you want to know what happened at Hell in a Cell. It's because you want to hear me give my thoughts on Hell in a Cell. Or AEW. Or NXT. Or whatever the fuck we decide to talk about here on the show. You guys want to hear our thoughts. But Elvis said, we need to put it out sooner. And I said, well, Elvis, there's a problem. Now, keep in mind, at the time that we had this discussion, I was not aware that NXT was going to be moved to Tuesdays. But I had to explain to Elvis, look, right now we're in the middle of a Wednesday night war. Or at least we were at the time we were having that discussion. And AEW and NXT fall on the same day. So for that to work, I have to watch both shows. So what I used to do back in the day is I watched AEW live on TNT. And then I would catch NXT later on the WWE Network. And Elvis and I would do the recap of AEW, usually on a Thursday. And then on Saturday or Sunday, usually on Sunday, John and I would knock out NXT, Mr. John Dumblin, the NXT correspondent. You know, we would knock those out. I would put them together on one track with the recap, put a little music in between. And distribute the show to you guys that way. So it would be impossible for me to get the shows out in a timely manner because I would not be able to watch both shows at the same time. So Elvis came up with the idea. How about Desmond and I take AEW and you and John do NXT? And I thought that was perfect because it would get the content out sooner, and I wouldn't have to subject myself to the bullshit that AEW tends to put out. Because, let's be honest, I have not been a fan of AEW lately. There's some good stuff that they do, but there's also a lot of shit. It's like I say say it all the time with AEW. I have to dig through a lot of crap in order to find a treasure. With NXT, I don't have to do that. In fact, I'm going to make a bold statement right now. NXT is the only wrestling show I even watch anymore. Everything else, I just catch the highlights. Raw, SmackDown, AEW, that's it. NXT is the only show that I watch from beginning to end. And it's not just because John and I recap it. It's because I genuinely love NXT. And I really do think it's the best wrestling out there right now. Now, I'm sure some Ring of Honor fans are going to come in here and disagree with me. Because apparently Ring of Honor is doing very well. I would know I stopped watching Ring of Honor six years ago. But, anyway, that's not the point. My point is, we come up with this format. Elvis pushes for it. And I give my approval. Because, here's the thing about the Boochcast. I value the opinion of my co-hosts. Everybody that works here on the Boochcast, I value their input, and I value their opinion, and I always take it into consideration. And under advisement. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. I have the final say on what comes out here. And if I think something is stupid, it ain't happening. If I think it's smart, we're going to use it. But if I put my foot down and say, no, we're not doing this, it ain't happening. Or if I say, yes, we're doing this, it's fucking happening. One way or a goddamn another. Why? Because this is the Booch cast. I am the Booch. And my word is law. So, we go with this plan. Because I like it. Well, for some reason, Elvis and Desmond can't seem to get on the same fucking page. I turned the AEW recaps over to them. I put my trust and my faith in them. And in the beginning, everything was going good. They were on the same page, they were putting the recaps out, they were being entertaining, and it was great because the AEW fans didn't have to be subjected to me shitting all over the product. You had two people who love the product, one, Elvis, who loves it but can also see when AEW makes mistakes, and Desmond, who's so in love with AEW, he finds practically no flaws in anything because Desmond is a spot monkey junkie, And he loves the spot monkey bullshit that AEW likes to distribute. Desmond's in love with AEW because that style of wrestling, he jizzes all over it. So, these two start working together. All of a sudden, they start getting late with the episodes. Well, first of all, Desmond is barely on them. And Elvis... For some reason, either forgets to do it, or he's too fucking busy, or whatever the hell's going on, or he's got, or he's got issues with family freaking the fuck out, or whatever. We've had problems with that behind the scenes, even just doing our segment. You know, it's just it, things got hectic right away, and Elvis was not getting the episodes out, or he was, or, or things were going wrong. So I'm just letting you know. Usually, if something's my fault. I'll take the blame. And I'll explain that. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a minute. But if you're wondering why there's no AEW recaps, why we haven't talked about the show, it's their fault. It's 100% their fucking fault. The problem is, you can't tell Elvis it's his fault because he's not on social media anymore. But if you want to go to Desmond and cuss him out, by all means, go ahead. But they're the reason this isn't happening because Elvis. Has, hasn't been on top of things, and Desmond takes forever to watch AEW, because he can't seem to watch it on Wednesday when it comes out. He has to save it on YouTube TV and fucking watch it later. Because apparently he's like, I have to get up early in the morning and I'm tired. Which, I'm going to tell you something right now, and if any of my correspondents or co-hosts are listening to this, or anybody that wants to potentially be part of the Boochcast team in the future... To quote my favorite wrestler on NXT, let me talk to you. The one excuse that I will never accept, and I've accepted a lot of excuses for why sometimes my correspondents have been able to get on this show, but the one excuse that is absolute bullshit to me is I'm tired. Because let me tell, let me talk to you. You don't know tired like the booch Nose tired. Okay? I am a motherfucker who has at times had to stay up all night just to edit this podcast. When I worked at Lowe's, there were times where I would literally be up till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning editing this podcast and getting it done. I would literally upload it to the internet and then have to hop in my car, go to Lowe's, and, st- and stand behind a cash register for eight hours with no sleep. I have done that. I am the same motherfucker who, when I first started working with AEW, had to sit in a truck or car with the UCW president, Ronnie Gossett, and drove around... Whatever town we were doing a UCW show in, whether it was Griffin, whether it was Cobb County, whether it was fucking Jackson, whether it was Anderson or Greenville or Barnesville, wherever the fuck we were, I had to drive around that town for 12 plus hours hanging fucking posters. My first four months with UCW, I had zero fucking sleep for 4 months and I had 1 day off a fucking month. It was bullshit, but I went through it. And thank God I don't have to do that shit anymore. So, you don't know tired like I know tired. No, I guarantee I I guarantee you nobody on my show that I've worked with today in the past or in the future has gone through that type of shit that I've had to go through. So saying you're tired is bullshit to me. I will never, ever accept that as an excuse. And if I do, it's because I'm being very, very generous. But know in the back of my mind, I'm pissed the fuck off if you tell me you're tired. Fuck that. Other excuses, I will accept. For example, John has had valid excuses for why he was not able to be part of some of the NXT recaps. For example, he's been in the process of moving into a new house. He So he's had to pack up his stuff. He's had days where he's had to go see the house or pack the house. He's also in the process of planning the wedding. because I mentioned on the last NXT episode... Um You know, uh, John's fiancé wants him involved in the planning of the wedding. I still can't comprehend that shit, but it's happening. Because John and his fiancé are getting married in October. So John's had reasons for why he couldn't be on the show. And there were times where he was ready, but it was my fault that we couldn't record. Because I had unexpected trips that I had to take. I would get off work, but then I would have to go over to Ronnie and Buff's house to talk business. Or one time, I had to make a delivery. I delivered some sponsor sheets to Greenville, South Carolina. Because we got a UCW show coming up in Greenville on August 8th, and Ronnie needed the um, sponsor sheets because he was trying to get sponsors for the show. So I had to deliver a bunch of stuff, promotional stuff to him. And that ended up being a late night. So... We have I, I've had a lot of work that I had to do, so in those instances I had to cancel on John. So the NXT stuff that came out recently that was late that was my fault, and I will take responsibility for that because that is my fault completely. So John is not to blame for that, you know. But John has been busy with a lot of things, but my AEW guys they're not giving me any excuses. That are valid. I'm. I'm this is. The, this is. The, these are the reasons why the AEW recap is not there. It's their fault. They're the ones to blame for why it's not coming out. And the more they keep dropping the ball, the more frustrated I get. But what really makes me angry about it, it's not even the fact that they're dropping the ball. Because I, I understand shit happens in life. What bothers me the most is that this whole entire thing was Elvis's idea. So when Elvis is pitching me an idea, because he's talking about the importance of getting the episodes out as soon as possible, and he's not getting the episodes out as soon as possible, that kind of pisses me off. Because I changed the whole format, mostly for him. Because he was telling me this is the right route to take. And to put everything on a separate track. Because it would get more listens. So my thing is, if you're going to pitch an idea to me to change the whole format of my fucking show and I approve it, you better be on your P's and Q's and get on the fucking ball. Because if I'm going to put my faith in you like that, you need to be able to deliver. So far, the AEW guys have not been delivering. And I'm sure they're going to hear this, and I'm going to get phone calls, and we're going to have discussions. And I'm mentally preparing myself for those discussions. Because they need to happen, because we we all as a team need to get back on the fucking ball. We really do. So anyway, that being said, um, I will say that as I mentioned before, Um, you know, I did watch WWE, uh, Hell in a Cell. Um, if you saw the recaps or the stuff that I did on Twitter and Facebook, like I normally do on my personal pages, you'll notice after the Kevin owens Sami Zayn match, I kind of stopped. And the reason was because after that match ended, um, I had an emergency that I had to go take care of. And, um... I'm in a mood, so I'll just tell you what it was. Basically, I was getting phone calls from certain people, I won't say who, telling me that uh, Buff Bagwell had not been answering his phone. And with all the things about Buff Bagwell in the news now, you know, we talked about it previously on the show. You know, Buff told his side of the story to TMZ and also at a flea market show we did yesterday. I mean, Saturday, I should say. Um, Anytime Buff doesn't answer his phone, people automatically assume the worst. They assume he's either in jail or he's unconscious or God forbid he's dead. Like everybody starts freaking out. So everybody's freaking out. And of course, because I'm his manager, everybody's calling me. So I had to, in the middle of the pay-per-view, keep in mind, I'm in my studio watching the pay-per-view. I'm sitting on the recliner, you guys have seen it in my videos, I'm sitting in the recliner, I got nothing on but my underwear and a t-shirt, and I'm wrapped up in a blanket with a pillow, and I am just watching the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I didn't even have plans to recap the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. The only reason I'm doing it is because we usually record these on a Sunday, Elvis and I, and it ha- Hell in a Cell happened to fall on this Sunday, which also happened to be on Father's Day. And I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, so everybody's assuming the worst on Buff Bagwell. So in the middle of the pay-per-view, I had to get dressed, hop in my car, and drive from Johns Creek to Marietta, Georgia to go do a wellness check on Buff Bagwell to make sure Buff was okay. I get about five minutes away from his house, and all of a sudden... Buff calls me to tell me that he's okay. You don't have to come by the house. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm five minutes away from your house. Are you kidding me? He said, well, all right, come on over and we'll talk for a bit. So I come on over. I go to the house. I lay eyes on Buff Bagwell. And it turns out, here's what happened. Buff apparently fell asleep after suffering massive heartburn he gone to O'Charlie's. he get something to eat because he loves O'Charlie's. He comes home. You know, he starts getting really bad heartburn. At first, he thought it was something major. He was thinking about maybe having to go to the doctor or call 911. But then he took some Tums and everything subsided. He felt better. And he turned off his phone, and he fell asleep. Because he usually shuts his phone off to let it charge while he sleeps. He took a little nap. Well, that nap turned into a three-hour nap. And when he wakes up, he turns on his phone and sees all these messages. And then he calls a few people. Then he calls me. I come over. I put everybody on the phone that had called me. And Buff and I sit in that room together to reassure every single person that he is okay. And I... I meant to talk with Buff a little bit afterwards, but he had one conversation with somebody that lasted over an hour. And finally, about 55 minutes into it, I was like, I need to go home because I'm fucking tired and I got to get up early because I got uh, work in the morning. I I got double work in the morning. So I had to fucking leave. So finally I got in the car, I drove home, and now I'm sitting here talking to you guys after just getting back from that whole fiasco. Because I basically had to check on Buff. Because people asked me if I spoke to him. And I hadn't. The last time I spoke to Buff Bagwell was Saturday. We, had, we were at the Big D Flea Market in Dalton, Georgia. He was signing autographs, telling his side of the story on what went down on May 22nd. He was hanging out with fans. It was a great experience. Then we got booked for another gig after that. So we went out to lunch at Outback Steakhouse. And then we went to Fairmount for a show. Now, while we're at the steakhouse, he's talking to the other guy. And the funny thing was, Buff thought that where we were going was a wrestling show. So he was talking about how you know Buff does this thing during intermission where he gets in the ring and people line up to take a picture with him with his Polaroid camera and everything else. He charges usually $5 a picture, sometimes 10 depending on the event. But most of the time, it's 5 So... He's on the phone telling the guy, you know, don't say the word intermission, just let me make him feel like it's part of the show, hit my music, all this other stuff, and me and this guy, uh, Phil, that we were with, we both start laughing, because Buff thinks he's going to a wrestling show, but what we were going to was an auction. So he's saying all this stuff that you would normally say at a wrestling show, but it's a fucking auction, and the guy on the phone is saying, okay, whatever, okay, cool, Because he thinks Buff is joking. He wasn't joking. He thought this was a wrestling show. And Phil and I are laughing our asses off. He's like, And we're like, does he know this is an auction? And they're like, no. And I was like, "Uh, you're going to tell him? I said, nah, let's let him figure it out. So I decided to pull a rib on Buff Bagwell and just let him think he's going to a wrestling show. So we hop in the car. We go to the show. We get there. And we finally realize it's a fucking auction. And the look on Buff's face is priceless because this thing is packed. There's like 150 people in here. We got this little table that we're both sitting at where people can get autographs and pictures. And to top it all off, the guy running the auction looks like a cast member on my 600-pound life. He's got the little tubes in his nose because he needs oxygen to breathe. And like four or five people in this fucking place had this, by the way. This is as redneck as redneck can be, and they're doing an auction. Of course, he's sitting there going, "Okay, who wants twenty? 20 twenty-five? Here's twenty-five. Here's 20, twenty-five. Here we go thirty. Here we go. thirty. Here 30, we thirty-five. 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 All right, here we have thirty-five. Here we go. The forty over here. Going, we got forty dollars. Going once. Going twice. Sold. That fucking guy. And what they're auctioning off? Usually, when you go to an auction, there's like paintings or you know, priceless treasures. These motherfuckers are auctioning off Gatorade, Twinkies, weed be gone. The most valuable thing on there was replica Super Bowl championship rings. That was the most that was the most expensive thing there. They had fucking weed eaters that they would actually start the weed eaters and like start them up in the fucking auction to let people know, "Hey, these work. Bid for these." And people are actually raising their fucking hands. I'm like, how broke of a town is this? That you are buy- You can't go to the fucking grocery store or go to Home Depot or Lowe's to buy this shit? You gotta do it at a fucking auction? This is the weirdest shit I have ever seen in my goddamn life. And it was funny as fuck. And it was cool because, you know, I made a lot of money that day. You know, because, you know, I get a percentage of what Buff makes. So... Buff got paid, gave me my cut, everything was good. And on Sunday, you know, I didn't really talk to Buff. All I did was, I, I was at the mattress store all day, and then when I was done, I went home, on the way home, I called my father to wish him Happy Father's Day because, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to spend time with my dad because, as you guys know, my dad now lives in Jacksonville. And they did come here this weekend, him and my mom, they drove up, But they mostly came here to get the last of their stuff, but also they came to get Bonnie, the dog. So as of now, Bonnie no longer lives in this house. So now when I come home, there's no golden doodle there to greet me, which is weird because I'm so used to it. But at the same time, it's kind of a relief because don't get me wrong. I love Bonnie. Bonnie was fantastic. But dogs are very, very needy and need a lot of attention And I'm not the right person for that kind of pet. You know? I don't mind petting a dog or saying hi to a dog. But at some point, you gotta leave me the fuck alone. Because I am just way too anti-social of a person. It's part of the reason why Buff is so great. It's the fact that when you talk to Buff on the phone, that phone call can go for hours. Like, I honestly think that's why Buff does so well with the ladies. Not just because he's good looking, but because... He does the one thing that women wish all men would do, and that is hold a conversation. I don't know how to do that anymore. I really don't. Like, he was on the phone, like I said, he's on the phone with this woman for over 55 minutes. If I'm on a phone longer than 55 seconds, I start spacing out. And after 10 minutes, if you're not telling me anything interesting, I'm not paying attention to anything you're saying. I cannot be on a phone that long. I've done it before, it drives me fucking insane. I want to kill myself. Halfway through a phone call. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. So. Anyway. Buff's okay. Like we say he just had massive heartburn. But he's fine. He's okay. Nothing's wrong with him. So then once I found out what was wrong with him. And I realized he was not going to get off the phone with the person he was talking to. I hopped in my car and came home. And. You know, like I said, I did talk to my dad, wished him a happy Father's Day. We got him a nice gift. It was a, a swimming life vest for uh, Bonnie, so she gets the, if she goes like in the ocean, she can stay afloat because, you know, my dad goes to the beach a lot in Jacksonville, and, you know, so that was great. Plus, I got to see my dad the week before, but I'll tell that story on a later date. I don't want to get into that story, but um, I did see my dad last week, so I kind of count that as spending time with him, you know. Because whenever, whether it's Father's Day or Mother's Day, the only person I'm concerned with spending time with is either my mom or my dad, depending on the date. Like, on Mother's Day, I'm concerned with spending time with my mom, talking to her, hanging out with her, whatever. My dad is obsolete. On Father's Day, it's the opposite. I care about spending time with my dad. I care about talking to my dad, hanging out with my dad, whatever. My mother, obsolete on that day. I'm one of those people that's like, on Mother's Day, I will do anything for my mom. On Father's Day, I will do anything for my dad. So I did find time to talk to him and wish him a happy Father's Day. And some of you guys might have also heard, Vinny, you're working in a mattress store now? Yep. (laughs) And there's a variety of reasons why I'm working in this mattress store. It's uh, Ron's Mattress Mania uh, in Marietta. It's off uh, Old Canton Road. And, basically, um, I started working there because uh, Ronnie Gossett, who runs UCW, uh, he also runs a mattress store. That's his day job or shoot job. And, he recently opened a store in Marietta back in March. And, I needed somebody to kind of just be a body and sit there and have the store open so people can come in. Because, Ronnie's out of town most of the time. He's in South Carolina doing karaoke and stuff. And, Ronnie's been trying to get me to work in the mattress store for years and for years i kept saying no mostly because i already have one retail job i don't need a second one or i don't want to move from one retail job to another because as you guys know retail and i do not mix but ultimately buff whose roommates are ronnie ultimately convinced me to be part of the mattress store so i made the choice to come work at ron's mattress mania plus you know, I saw how much money each of them was going to pay me to be part of this and I realized the money was good. And plus, with uh, my dad now, you know, charging rent to me and my brother because that was part of the deal when my parents moved to Jacksonville, my brother and I keep the house here in Georgia, but we would pay rent to my father. And I realized I could use the extra money to pay that rent. So when I agreed to be Buff Bagwell's manager, he told me that working in the mattress store would also be beneficial and Buff would pay me to be in the store and, you know, as well as Ronnie. So when I heard about that, I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. So that, so now when I'm not at HVMA, I'm occasionally at the mattress store and I've worked out a schedule there and I basically made sure that A, the money was right, but B, I wanted to make sure that my outside projects weren't going to be affected by me working in the mattress store for example uh not just the fact that i'm managing buff and i go with him to certain gigs but also because i do stand-up comedy so i want to make sure if i get booked for a comedy gig i'll have time off on the mattress store to do that gig or if i have an opportunity to be on a film set i have that also when we do season two of the going live show um you know i want to be able to have time off to film that so as long as I have time to work in all my other projects and I can balance it with my life, I have no problem working in the mattress store. But if the mattress store is going to get in the way of everything that I've been building for almost 15 years, because in August it will be officially 15 years that I've been in comedy you know, and been an entertainer, uh, if the mattress store is going to get in the way of that, then there's no reason for me to be there because I'm not throwing my entertainment career away just to sit in a mattress store. But if I can balance everything together, I got no problem doing it. And Buff understood that. Ronnie understood that. And since so, we've all been kind of working together. So I am now part of Ron's Mattress Mania. So if you ever come down to Ron's Mattress Mania in uh, Old Canton Road, uh, chances are you'll see me. And like I said, I also get to work around my HVMA schedule because – Obviously, I did not want to leave HVMA because I love that job so much. And, you know, it's just something that I really enjoy doing as being a social media manager. So I never want to lose that job. In fact, there's only two ways that I will ever leave HVMA. One, if my boss fires me, which I don't see happening ever. And number two, if my entertainment career takes off so much that I can no longer fulfill my obligations to the company because I just become this big Hollywood A-list fucking megastar and I just don't have time for it anymore, then and only then would I leave HVMA. And since I don't see that happening anytime soon, I'm still going to remain with HVMA. I have no plans to leave. And with that being said, I'm going to share my thoughts right now on WWE Hell in a Cell since... We're on the subject of that, but I, since I had to do that wellness check with Bub, I haven't fully finished watching the pay-per-view. Like I said, I only got out to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So I'm going to do something special for this bootcast. Not only am I going to talk about those matches, but I'm also going to do a watch-along. So I'm going to play the pay-per-view as I'm talking about the pay-per-view. Like right now, currently, I have the Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley match playing. Now, since I have no emotional investment in this match because I fucking hate Charlotte Flair with everything I got and never want to and hate the fact that she's even in a women's title picture, I have no problem talking about these other matches while this one's playing. I don't really have to pay attention to it. So, anyway, uh, the first match was obviously for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defended the title against Bailey. I thought this match was very well done, very well done, and. What I loved most about it was the brutality and the psychology. You know, uh, you know, uh, Bianca Belair using her hair as a weapon to combat the steel chair that Bailey had. Also, at one point, Bailey tying Bianca Belair's hair in a knot in the ring and kind of trapping her. But every time Bianca countered a move from Bailey, everything looked believable. The only thing that didn't look believable was that when Bailey swung the chair the first time, I thought she swung it a little too slow. So, it had a bit of a sloppy start. But, as the match progressed, it got way better. Now, they did go a little bit overboard with the false finishes, but it was still a great match, especially when Bianca hit the KOD on the ladder for the pinfall. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was well done. And I like the fact that they changed this to a Hell in a Cell match. Because I felt like, if you're going to make this match happen again, then it needs to be in a Hell in a Cell match to make it interesting. And now that Bianca Belair has won, I think Bailey needs to go to the back of the line. And we need to see fresh new women going after Bianca. Especially whoever we want to build up to take the title from her. But it needs to be a long time because Bianca Belair is a fantastic champion. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. This match was a technical masterpiece. It really was. This was a technical masterpiece. A fucking work of art. Both these men displayed great submission moves, great back and forth action, and it had you on the edge of your seat because you had no idea who the fuck was going to win. Now, I predicted that Seth Rollins would win, and I ended up fucking calling it, And he won in a way that I kind of expected him to. Because I figured, you know, Cesaro's been on a roll lately. He's had a lot of kick-ass matches. So I feel like Seth Rollins needed a win here to secure his heat and establish himself as a top heel. He's obviously not the top heel, but he's a top heel. And he had to keep it that way. So, you know, when um, Cesaro goes for another sharpshooter, because he hit like two or three in the match... Seth Rollins countered with an inside cradle, got the one, two, three, and won. So I thought that was fucking genius. I thought it was very, very well done. And as a result, this match gets us. They they gave, you know, uh, it's weird because uh, CBS News gave this a B. I give it a fucking A. Wait, CBS Sports. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, i give it a fucking A. I thought it was well done. One of the best matches I've seen from these two ever was from this. And I thought it was a work of art. And speaking of a work of art, we'll move on to the next match of the evening. We got Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. This match was fucking weird. It had really great storytelling. It had really great psychology. But as far as an actual wrestling match... It wasn't as physical as I think it should have been. I do like the fact that, you know, Alexa Bliss's character was all about looking to my eyes. And Shayna freaked out. And at one point, Nia Jax got possessed and slapped Reginald and then started mimicking Alexa Bliss because Alexa Bliss was controlling her. She then hit Sister Abigail in a DDT form and the Twisted Bliss and got the win. And, um... I do find it weird, though, that Alexa Bliss is basically the new Fiend because I feel like the Fiend needs to be brought back at some point. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Bray Wyatt, why he's sitting on the sidelines, but I will give credit where it's due. Alexa Bliss is making this work. So while this match was very odd and not as violent, it did have some good storytelling and psychology. So I think they kind of went the opposite way Than what Cesaro and Seth Rollins did. Because they didn't have a lot of psychology, but it was very technical. This had a lot of psychology, but wasn't technical at all. So it was. They kind of went too far to the other side on this match. And on that note, move on to the next match of the evening. Kevin Owens versus Sammy Zayn. And this match was. Great. This was a fucking slugfest. And earlier someone was talking about how Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can fight forever. At first, I thought that was a stupid idea. I feel like I've seen this match over and over and over again. But what makes it better is the fact that Kevin Owens is the babyface and Sami Zayn is the heel. Because usually when these guys fight, It's Sami Zayn as the babyface and Kevin Owens as the heel. And that's the way it's been since Kevin Owens debuted in NXT. But now to see the shoes on the other feet is kind of fucking awesome in a way. Because Sami Zayn plays a phenomenal heel. Kevin Owens now plays a phenomenal babyface. Especially since Kevin Owens started feuding with Shane McMahon... He's really been establishing himself as a solid babyface. So, I enjoyed everything about this match. I really did. I thought it was very entertaining and very well done. I couldn't have asked for a better match between these two. And I also love the fact that Sami Zayn got the win. Because once again, we had to do a last minute prediction, me and Wenz. And I called Sami Zayn and he won. So... I thought that was very phenomenal and very well done match. Like These two really brought the fight to each other in a way that I had never seen them bring the fight to each other before. And because they had different characters, they used the gimmick of their characters to work the match. Because that's the key thing to having a successful wrestling match. You have to work the gimmick of the match to tell your story, to do your business. The problem is, everybody wants to go out there and have a five-star fucking match. That's not what wrestling's about. It's about working your match to tell your story. There are some matches that are designed to be five stars. There are some matches that are designed to be show stealers. There are ones that are designed to have just everybody on the card. And one and some are just attraction matches. Where like they're not meant to be good technically, but people will pay money to see them. And we saw a little bit of all of that. In this match. And in this overall show. And I thought. Just bravo to both these guys. There wasn't a lot of fuckery. There didn't need to be a lot of fuckery. And Sami Zayn just won. So now the big question is. Is this feud going to end? Or is Sami Zayn still going to bitch. About conspiracy theories. Well. Time will tell. But either way. This is enjoyable. And now ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the main event of the evening for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley defends the title against Drew McIntyre. Now, as I mentioned before, I started recapping Hell in a Cell. I started watching the matches that I missed. Because I missed two matches live because I had to do that wellness check. And that was um, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair... And Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. So, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair basically played as I talked about those matches. And so now I'll talk about that match real quick as we get the entrances to the main event. And that is Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley defends the title against Charlotte Flair. As I mentioned before, I didn't give a fuck about this match. I mean, yeah, I guess the match was decent, but. Like I said, you put Charlotte Flair in a title match, you've already lost my interest. And of course, um, Ripley pulls herself through the bottom rope to the floor to escape. She pulled off the top of the commentary table and hit Flair with it, resulting in a disqualification and allowing Ripley to retain her title. Now, from an analyst standpoint, taking my personal feelings out of the equation, I'm not happy with that finish because I've mentioned this before over and over again. I don't like disqualifications or countouts during a pay-per-view. If you want to do it on Raw, if you want to do it on SmackDown, have at it. But I do not like disqualifications or countouts during a pay-per-view. And what really makes me mad about it is the fact that because this ended in a disqualification, Charlotte Flair is going to try to get another title shot either at Money in the Bank next month or she might enter herself in the Money in the Bank ladder match to try to win the briefcase. And I swear to God, if she wins the briefcase, the women's briefcase, I'm going to shit a fucking brick and lose my fucking mind. I can't remember if Charlotte Flair has had the briefcase or not. I don't think she's had it. And I definitely don't think she deserves it. But I'm worried it's going to come down to that. Because the only good thing about Charlotte Flair getting another women's title shot is is at least she won't be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. But I don't want to see Charlotte Flair in a fucking title match or Money in the Bank ladder match. Anything that involves her getting a belt around her waist, I don't want to fucking see it. So you already lose my interest right there. But I will say, from a personal standpoint, I love the disqualification because, like I said before, whatever gets Charlotte Flair away from the title... I'll fucking take it. So on a personal level for me, now bringing my feelings in the equation, I'm perfectly fine with the disqualification because at least Charlotte Flair doesn't leave with the belt. That's all that matters to me. At that point, I no longer care who wins it or how they win it. Just don't let Charlotte Flair have that fucking title. She doesn't deserve it. She didn't deserve the other title reigns she got. She doesn't deserve this one. They are trying to make her like her dad. She's not her fucking dad. She is the queen of fucking privilege. And it's not because she's white. It's because her last name is Flair. She is garbage. I don't respect her. And I don't want to see her in a wrestling ring. So, fuck this match. And now, ladies and gentlemen we got the main event of the evening for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley defends the title against Drew McIntyre inside the Hell in a Cell. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as we speak, I am currently watching the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And right now, Bobby Lashley is doing his entrance. So here's what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do a first here on the Boochcast. I am going to do, as I mentioned before, a watch-along. If you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, you're familiar with the watch-along. I am basically going to talk about the match as it is playing right in front of me. Because right now, currently, they are locking the cell. And Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre are pacing back and forth, staring at each other, while the referee tries to maintain order. Now, the key thing you got to know about this match is that this is Drew McIntyre's last chance At the WWE title. If he loses this match. He can no longer challenge. For the WWE title. As long as Bobby Lashley. Is champion. So Drew has to wait. For Bobby Lashley. To lose the title. Before he can ever challenge for it again. So. With that said. The match is now about. To be underway. So the referee right now is still separating them. I think the ring announcer is doing the announcing of the names. I can't tell because I have it on mute. So you don't hear it during the, uh, the show. Uh, mostly because a, I can't. it's hard for me to talk while a pay-per-view is playing. But also because I don't know if the audio will affect uh, the podcast at all. So, Which I know is kind of weird because I play a lot of music on here that might affect the show. But either way it's not a big deal so here we go it looks like the ref's about to ring the bell in fact I think I'll turn the volume up a little bit now of course uh, some of you might not be able to hear it I just remember this is a, a microphone that I have that only picks up my voice because it doesn't it blocks out all of the noise so in that case I will watch the pay-per-view with the volume on hold on so here we go Okay, I'm trying to turn the volume up now, so you might be able to hear some of this. Bobby Lashley goes outside the ring. Drew McIntyre follows him. Bobby was going to get a weapon, and Drew immediately brings the fight to him. Hits him with the Glasgow Kiss, slams him into the cell. Ooh, that was brutal. And now he's like grinding his face against the chain link cell. This is steel or steel mesh, as they're calling it. But yeah, this is brutal as fuck right here. Now, what I find the most interesting is that Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio was on Friday Night SmackDown. And not only did they have the same cell in red, which is weird because SmackDown is technically blue, but I was weird that they didn't have Roman Reigns on the fucking pay-per-view. I'm like, Roman Reigns is supposed to be your top guy. He is the top guy. Why would you not have him on your fucking pay-per-view? It was weird. So anyway... Drew McIntyre now is picking up some ring steps, and it looks like he's about to come charging at Bobby Lashley. Lashley kicks him in the gut. The ring steps now thrown away. Now he's trying. It looks like he's trying to slam. Now he's slamming him into the cage. Talk about, uh, you know,
1: fair play.
0: And Bobby Lashley now is putting the boots to Drew McIntyre in the corner of the cell, which is kind of brutal. It's like turnabout's fair play here. Um, but yeah, so they, they but they took the Roman took Roman Reigns off the pay per view. Oh Jesus! Drew McIntyre to suplex Bobby Lashley right into the cell. That is fucking painful. But yeah, so they put the pa- they put the match on fucking SmackDown, which I thought was dumb. You know, because I feel. But then again, Rey Mysterio and Roman Reigns is an odd you know match to have, and I thought it was gonna be Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso. Where Jimmy wins, he gets the title. But if Roman wins, Jimmy has to acknowledge him the way Jay Uso had to. And now Drew just slammed Bobby Lashley with the ring steps. MVP, of course, is outside with his cane. No longer on a crutch. And he's basically uh, watching Bobby Lashley. Knowing there's nothing he can do to interfere. And Drew comes at him again. Hits Bobby Lashley again with the ring steps. And now Drew's just getting brutal as possible. It looks like he's going to slam the race at the top of him. But he shows a little bit of mercy and drops it, which is good for a baby face. Now, as far as Drew McIntyre goes, I'm a fan of Drew McIntyre. I like him. I was happy when he beat Brock Lesnar to win the title. Not because he beat Brock Lesnar, but because Drew deserves to be a world champion. But I feel like he's been champion long enough. Bobby Lashley deserves it more. So I kind of want Drew McIntyre to go to the back of the line. Ideally, it's what I would love...
1: To see. So, let's see.
0: You went for the future shot DDT, but Bobby Lashley fought out of it. Now he just hit him with a big boot. Bobby Lashley goes down. Alright. Here we go.
1: Whoa, belly-to-belly
0: suplex. That was fucking brutal.
1: Let's see what you got. Once again, Drew McIntyre launches Bobby Lashley. Two-thirds of the way across the ring. He wondered if this being the last stop shot. Should he fail for Drew
0: McIntyre? This is my boy, shake it off. You better get on your feet, Bobby. MVP now trying to give words of wisdom to Bobby Lashley, telling him to shake it off. It's Drew McIntyre with the Kendo stick. And he just whacks him in the back with it. Now he's picking him up. He's now got the... Uh, he got it around, around his neck. And does a Russian leg sweep into the cell. That, that is painful. And a great use of a kendo stick. I know they do that spot a lot lately, but usually it's a Russian leg sweep where they hit the floor, not into a cell. So it's kind of like a different variation.
1: Okay. Drew McIntyre now
0: has a table.
1: He's looking to set a table
0: up against the cell. But what's weird is he's setting the the table up to face one way. And Bobby Lashley is on a whole other different side. And now MVP, it looks like he slid Bobby Lashley the cane. And now he's beating the shit out of Drew with it. MVP seems to be able to walk around with it, okay? So the question is, does he really need the cane? Or can he walk short distances and need the cane for longer distances? Because, for example, Buff Bagwell has been walking on a crutch, but lately Buff's been able to get around the house without the crutch. He can walk for a little bit, but eventually there reaches a point where he does eventually need the crutch because his, his knee will get out on him. <sighs> By the way, you hear me yawning? It's not because the match is boring. It's because currently at the time I'm recording this, it's 1.41 in the fucking morning. So naturally, I'm tired as fuck. Because now I'm working like three jobs and had to do a late night, you know, wellness check. So I'm tired as fuck watching this. But I'm trying my best to keep up with it.
2: So right now they're on top of the
0: ring steps, outside the ring. Bobby is going for a suplex. Drew fights out of it, slams Bobby into the ring post. Back first.
1: Now he's picking him up.
0: And it looks like he's going for... Oh, shit. He's going, for...
1: oh,
0: he going for... Oh! It's like a variation of white noise. Like a... It's like a white noise slash Samoan drop on the steps.
1: Oh, no, it was white noise. It was just white noise. Because we know Drew
0: McIntyre and Sheamus are friends.
1: So that kind of works. I don't care what That was absolutely brutal. No doubt about it. And he's trying to rally his men back as Drew. And Drew's now pulling out another table. And yet another table now being retrieved by Drew McIntyre. Warrior once again introducing a little lumber into this one. The cage.
0: He's setting on the table now.
1: shows you how brutal you can be to McIntyre. He i brutal as I have to be. Doesn't matter what I have to do. Doesn't matter the pain I have to inflict. We've seen that willingness tonight, Barney. Absolutely. Oh! <laughs> Slams him into the fence,
2: or cell, I should say.
0: Drew now grabbing Bobby by the neck and just slamming him into the cell repeatedly. Now he's down on the floor. And Drew now is standing up on the ring, step outside with Lashley. Looks like he's going for a suplex.
1: Oh, Lashley
0: forearm to the throat of Drew. That was definitely painful. So
1: far, he has no intention of losing his title tonight. And don't get through back a tire. Any room mm-hmm. to breathe? See how spit. Now both these men are
0: exhausted.
1: Raised over eyes and threw back to tire. What we have to put to bed tonight in this match is any word like cheap shot or cheap? all legal. No All
0: right. He throws Drew into the cell. Drew bounces off the cell. Hits a clothesline on Lashley. That's definitely a new one. I've never seen that before. Definitely never seen that before. That was definitely new. Definitely new. Definitely new. Definitely new. Definitely new, definitely new. Definitely new
1: move. Definitely new move. Who seems to be feeling his, mm-hmm. oh, feeling his own and Now he's, he's bouncing his head up the steel table. steps. Off the Drew's up. now throwing
0: in a bunch Dude, of steel chairs into the team. ring.
1: been there done that
0: with this spot.
1: As many as you, want. Goes. you got about 3 in there. Is, he's right now, how far you are you willing to now got a steel ladder. chair set up in the corner. Oh! middle rope. Counter elbow elbow. To aid- Running Drew McIntyre. McIntyre right between the eyes. Drew answers one of his
0: own in no way. No. Now he's got a real
1: power by the challenger. Are you
0: kidding me? Whoa. What he did, Alabama slam on the steel chair. That was a close two count.
1: My body Look how calm that was, was a
0: great kick out.
1: It really looked like, like Drew was going to win that. To get more and more Drew McIntyre, oh, yeah, he's definitely cold and ruthless.
0: No! This McIntyre bastard with the steel, steel chair. Steel like I he said, he's in desperation on mode. The
1: spot of the champion. Drew McIntyre is now going to the top rope With the, way steel, chair. Way to the top rope. steel
0: chair Jump out the top rope Oh, oh. Lashley, Lashley, Lashley does it Now he's locking in the hurt the hurt locker But knows. Oh. Drew sends Lashley oh. headfirst into the turnbuckle hurt And hurt breaks lockers. the hold He hit, a, he hit a spine buster and then flipped into a pin. Lashley kicked out.
1: Winston, no time is McIntyre.
0: And he got a sit-down powerbomb. Lashley kicked out of that.
1: What a flurry offense from the challenger. And now perhaps doubt begins to creep in. Or could it be fatigued? First time we see any fatigue on the face of two Tumaker. Both men are down. warrior, hoisting Bobby Lashley and driving him down. McIntyre realized how quickly he almost had to succumb to the hurt lock. The, flip was, the, the switch was flipped. McIntyre snapped. Look at the concern on the face of MVP. That is an unfamiliar sight. There we go. Oh, and Drew kicks Lashley out of the list. ring. He can't do anything about it. <coughs> yeah, I love that one.
2: into why McIntyre wanted
1: this environment. One-on-one, as pure of a battle as McIntyre could request. Almost like McIntyre trying to send a message to Bobby Lashley, you should have never agreed to face me inside this structure. Oh!
0: Drew Bashes Bobby with the ring steps.
1: For the first time in his championship reign, Lashley looks in deep, deep trouble. Perhaps
0: Oh, Lashley countered it. He's grabbing the ring steps. He slammed Drew McIntyre in into this into this cell the
2: cell
0: with the oh. I I
1: may have spoken too soon.
0: steel steps. Sorry. Now Lashley's just beating the fuck out of Drew. Now it's like he's trying to choke him.
1: Can you believe what turnaround? the offense of Bobby Lashley just when we were riding him off? He gets back into this match. (coughs) We just saw the same moment occur for the WWE champion Bobby Lashley. Bad intentions in mind for the challenge. we just... A gunneral growl as Lashley just mauled Drew McIntyre. He's yeah. That's desperate times up. called for desperate
0: measures. Bobby Lashley's got a kendo Drew stick.
1: Oh. <coughs> <coughs> I would say MVP couldn't get involved from the outside. Once again, no disqualifications.
0: McIntyre could be Now Bobby Lashley and MVP just trapped Drew McIntyre with the Kendo stick. Drew McIntyre flipped off Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley kicked him. And now he's punching him repeatedly. And MVP shoved the kendo stick between the two parts of the cell to trap Drew McIntyre in. So Bobby Lashley can now beat the fuck out of him at his uh,
2: discretion.
1: Imagine being at the mercy of an angry, ruthless, relentless Bobby Lashley. And us do it
0: He's on, hurt,
1: chair up those very Jimmy. The Drew's now trying to get WWE up, up to Bobby Lashley picks him up No. Goes, boom
0: does like a flatliner move and sends him face first into the chair even though technically his face never really hit the chair his arms did but it was obvious his face didn't touch the chair that's what that was weird I think is trying to you know, do it there we go. That one looked more realistic. Still, he had his hands in the way to block the shot. But at least this one actually looked believable from the camera angle.
1: Look at this impact. Skull first into the steel chair. Because that first one was definitely a botch. actually looking for an exclamation point. It's a This isn't about an exclamation point. This is about insurance. Lashley cannot stand Drew McIntyre but respects his will as a competitor. Lashley knows it's gonna take more to keep Drew down. Lashley to beat and Lashley's willing him to, to do whatever it takes. Of Drew We're about the will of Drew oh, he just smacked him in the face with a kendo stick. Expect- that was
0: fucking painful.
1: Oh, just Drew now
0: Bobby Lashley is... Oh, Drew just grabbed the kendo stick, wrapped it around his arm, and then hit the Glasgow Kiss. A shot by
2: Drew for a chair and, oh,
1: and then hit him in the rear of the chair. Thumb in the eye. Oh, and he knocks out the referee. Down. He's down and, out.
0: and then they we reverse it and says, lastly, face first in, in the chair. Drew McIntyre hits Future Shock DDT but there's no referee because the referee's been knocked out.
1: It, but no the is out by Drew
0: That's the craziest part when there's no
1: referee. McIntyre demanding the other official on the outside of the cell enter. This is smart if you're Drew but desperate got to get another referee Lashley isn't going to be down forever in the hurt lock Lashley went to the hurt lock can Lashley Drew goes to lock in the, the hurt
0: lock get his hands connected it
1: might be over great escape by Drew McIntyre Drew escapes it's a belly belly suplex McIntyre able the to cause Lashley continue the off slot boom <clears throat> oh he hits him with the chair how much more can Bobby Lashley take oh now he throws it at him he's going for Claymore.
2: Here comes the
0: Claymore. He hits it. And MVP, MVP got in the cell. Cause they had another. They had. They had to bring in another referee. So they had to unlock the cell. So now MVP comes in to interfere. That's perfect. That's perfect. I love it.
1: Bobby Lashley
0: can win while getting his heat. And they had to do some dirty tactic to get him to
1: cheat.
0: But now the cell's locked. The MVP's inside. So now Drew wants to kill him.
1: Oh, now he's beating the hell out of MVP. He's been calling out punishment this entire
0: So now Drew's getting ready to take out MVP. Well, he's going for the Claymore.
2: And Boomy hits
0: it.
1: Are you kidding me? I would say the problem of MVP has now been eliminated. And that has got to be a cathartic feeling for the challenger. To flatten one more problem, one more obstacle on the of the fire.
2: Now he's trying to get rid of MVP so he can't interfere anymore. Now Bobby Lashley shows up and boom, hits the hurt lock.
0: And now Drew McIntyre is trying to shove Lashley against the cell and the hopes of breaking the hold. But Lashley's holding on for dear life. Oh, and now he sends him into the table. So Drew Bailey leaned backwards and fell through the table.
1: Whatever it takes to survive, both men look out. The only option Drew McIntyre had to break the football. <laughs> Sacrificing himself, crashing
2: through the table.
1: Christ that This is the setting he wanted. This is the opportunity he wanted. Will he get the result he wanted? Look at the wounds of battle on the back of the challenger. McIntyre looks like he's been lashed. McIntyre muscling up Lashley, getting Lashley back inside the ring. Drew now trying to summon the power to continue this fight. McIntyre can taste victory. Actually, virtually lifeless right now. Disdain in the eyes of the challenger.
0: Drew's got the about chair.
1: It's about what's in his Sorry for the pauses.
0: I'm really trying it's to stay awake for this. The this We're only a few minutes away from it being done. Going the daily motion. Drew just whacked uh, Bobby, uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, Lashley
1: with a chair. Champion.
0: Oh, <coughs> he hits him again. Hits him, it just keeps. Now at this point, he's just as smacking as repeatedly, as repeatedly as with the
1: chair. Needed. All the frustrations of losing his title, not being able to get a one-on-one with Bobby Lashley. Oh, I know that look. I know. Look in the face of Drew McIntyre. McIntyre, sit. He's going for the move.
0: Oh, Bobby Lashley drops down and misses the kick.
1: But lastly, able to avoid the Claymore. McIntyre's got to regroup in a hurry. Just enough in Bobby Lashley to get out of the way when he needed it. That's
0: what he's doing. Oh, he just Simon through a table. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself, Corey.
1: Off the apron a, through a table. This is going to show you who the hell the WWE champion is. The almighty Bobby Lashley. The man is not human. Look at this power. Oh. Driving Drew McIntyre from the apron through a table to the floor, and it is looking very, very good for the champion now. Oh, we're talking a, a, a minute ago. It seemed Lashley was done for what almighty means strength without ending that's what Bobby Lashley apparently has you didn't believe it before you believe it now that yeah Drew McIntyre who is lifeless
0: yeah Drew basically can barely get up
1: Bobby Lashley champion, is right now trying to psych, psych himself up to as win as long as there is breath in the lungs of the Scottish warrior Drew McIntyre will still fight here we go. Final whatever is left in the tank. A seething WWE champion Bobby Lashley. Eyes locked on the challenger. Oh! Shoulder first! Nobody home for the spear! Backslide by the challenger! Oh ah,
2: yeah. oh. oh. like it was over
0: right there. There's the Glasgow kiss again. Now it looks like he's going for another Claymore. But he's not. Stays he's going for McIntyre some
1: type of some future shot DDT. Hits it. hits it. Right to the top of the head of the champion Bobby Lashley. McIntyre wants insurance. Drew wants to make absolutely certain that the champion will go down and not get back up again. One way to do that. McIntyre, will this attempt work?
0: And Lashley wins With a roll up for the victory Damn So Bobby Lashley wins Which means that Drew McIntyre can no longer challenge the title As long as Bobby Lashley is champ and I gotta say, I turned the volume off, this match was great, it was brutal, it had people on the edge of their seat, and I'll be honest, if I wasn't tired as a motherfucker right now, I'd have a lot more energy and I probably would have enjoyed this. But as I mentioned before, I'm wa- this is a watch along I'm basically doing, and it's 2 o'clock in the goddamn morning, so I'm not gonna get a lot of sleep tonight, but either way, uh, this was a great match, like I said. That's why I'm not editing this because I definitely need some sleep, and I stayed up way later than I wanted to tonight. But this is a very good match from you know knocking out the referee, which I thought was stupid, but it made sense because I guess because it got MVP to get into the match. But this was an amazing, amazing main event. This was this 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 main event delivered. And hopefully now Drew McIntyre will go to the back of the fucking line And Bobby Lashley can get some fresh new challengers And hopefully they build somebody up properly To eventually take the title off of him But until they build that person up Let him stay champ And let him get some solid victories under his belt Particularly the potential one for SummerSlam Where he's going one-on-one With Brock Lesnar So I guess we'll see what happens there Uh, Either way Great heel finish. Amazing moment. Drew McIntyre depressed as fuck, which was great on a baby face. So let's see what happens. All right, and that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up this week's episode of the Boochcast. Uh, make sure you guys are following us here on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on all four or pick your favorite and follow us there. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as a lot of great content. You can hear the predictions for WWE Hell in a Cell, which um, some of you might not want to hear because you've already seen Hell in a Cell, but if you want to see the thoughts that Wenz and I had and see how smart we were, uh, feel free to go watch that on the Boochcast uh, Facebook channel. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. I do apologize to Desmond and Elvis for not having a a Father's Day Instagram up there. I don't apologize for the AEW comments because I meant every single word of them. But I do apologize for not having something up there for Instagram. Like I said, I had too much shit going on today, and there was a lot of drama. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got a lot of YouTube content up there, including new episodes of Dark Side of the Ring coming soon. I'm still in the process of editing the Nick Gage video. I still got a lot of other videos to edit, to film and edit, and all that fun stuff. So make sure you guys are on the YouTube channel. You can check out all the videos we got, the watch parties, the d and show, skits, everything. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified for future BoochCast YouTube content. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the BoochCast. That's where we have our live wrestling watch parties. The next one will be Saturday, August 21st for WWE SummerSlam. Also, uh, we'll have our D&D show on there as well. More info will be coming soon. Like I said, we still have a big surprise. Can't bring it up yet. But it's going to be great. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, Hopefully with John moving into the house, the deadline will move a lot quicker. We're hoping sometime in October to start this, preferably after John and his fiance tie the knot. Also, make sure you guys uh, support the show through Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support and become a supporter of the show. Uh, All you got to do is give a small monthly uh, donation to help sustain future episodes, as well as take care of all the guys that work hard behind the scenes here on the Boochcast. That's usually what it's for. Also, it allows us to upgrade our equipment. It allows us to bring in bigger name guests. So the money does go back into the show to you know entertain you guys and it helps us out a great deal. There are three options that you have and like I said, prizes for each option will be coming soon. The first is ninety-nine cents a month. You can donate 99 cents a month, that's the minimum, uh, to be part of the Boochcast and contribute. Also, you can have the option of doing $4.99 a month, basically the same price as a Peacock subscription. And the final tier is $9.99, which is the same price as the W Network subscription. So Pick the one you want. Support the show. We greatly appreciate it. There's no pressure to do so, but if you can, it would be fantastic. You can use a credit card or GPay. Pick the one you like. Support the show. Help us keep it going, and let us give you guys a great show every week. And Until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby
2: well i see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid
0: you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell
2: adieu and you be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose adieu vieux. a la prochaine. goodbye <laughs> till when we meet again